You're listening to Two Girls, One Crossword. No, I cannot be friends with, I mean, we work with people who have English accents, <laughs> so we, we like talk in our accents around them and they hate it and they tell us how terrible we are, but I like made a new friend with an Australian accent. It's very hard to talk to him without slipping into the accent <laughs> and being like, oh my God, it's so hot. Oh my God, you are not- so funny. It's just hard because we're not close enough yet where I can be like, hey, I do this. You know, I don't want to think I'm making fun of him. Right. So no new friends with accents. I'm sorry. That's just how it's going to have to be. The doors are closed. Um, Yeah. So that's That's that on that. that. Anyways, uh, (laughs) good evening, everyone. I'm Grace. And I'm Chelsea. Welcome back to another week for your favorite weekly cross podword crosscast. Damn it. Two girls, one crossword is our name. (laughs) And trivia is our game. And we're sticking to it, okay? Folks? And badminton. What if we... I wish we were, like, really good at some kind of, like, niche sport like that. Yes, I agree. It's funny you say badminton in particular because I just started watching... I caught up on, like, Great British Bake Off the previous season, and one of the contestants, I believe, like, was really um, frenzied or, you know, passionate about badminton with his mm-hmm. twin brother. And they like <gasps> they, like, put that into, like, the little, like montages of the, talking about the bakers at home he's like joshua enjoys competitive badminton with his twin brother when he's not baking or whatever it is and i'm like huh british people are so random so random i feel like if i had an identical twin we would definitely play some type of double sport we'd have to like tennis oh in another life i wish i had an identical twin but <sighs> okay oh well. well you can pay someone Can't to clone you yourself yeah, but then have to. Te- it's not the same. I know. Well, I guess we could like be separated at birth, come together, parent trap style. Oh my god, perfect! Live I out think your parent I'm too trap. Too old to genius. go to sleepaway camp. No, not adult sleepaway camp. You have a lot more fun than when you were thirteen. Okay. You don't know that. That's you true. don't know what I was up I to. Um, anyways, well, should we back. get into our yeah, heights we, and shites? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We well, I did a lot of crosswords, so you know we took a couple weeks off. So I have crosswords from like September twenty seventh to till today which is october 11th whoa okay flexing um, yeah no big deal so i have a lot of um why don't you kick say, us off? i guess yeah i liked the uh usa today crossword people with connections by saushin bernikel again one of my favorite constructors but um the shout out to 37 down sister brand of torrid i don't know that you do know it hot topic oh sorry i thought it was gonna be like um torrid but for men or something yeah <laughs> or like i thought torrid was forever 21 even though it's it's connected to hot topic but right. i just love hot topic and it's it was fun yes. to see it in the yeah crossword clued that way um and then i also did an incubator called notorious a moment of t ruth truth it was basically based on ruth bader ginsburg oh my god um, send me that yeah. puzzle i want to do it by rebecca falcon uh Oh, I think they may have sent it out again because it says January 31st, 2019. So I wonder if they sent it out oh, cool. again after she died. But anyways, it was a bunch of clues um, about RBG. And then the theme was like her quote that women belong in all places where decisions are being made. Oh. It was like split up into three mm-hmm. different lines. Um, but I thought you would like this one. Not not to do with Ruth Bader Ginsburg necessarily, but 44 down, contraction repeated in the slogan, blank here, blank queer. (laughs) (laughs) Which is basically my motto. Um, I'm here and I'm queer. Or we're here, we're queer. Whatever you want to say. Uh, So I liked that. Love it. Or I thought you would like that. I love it. (laughs) I have a hard time not just shouting that 
at all times when I meet I new people or I enter <laughs> groups of people, especially people who don't know me on like a more intimate level, you know, like distant relatives or just people you don't really see that often showing me like, I'm here, I'm queer. And people are like, huh? You just have to, get again? to know me. Oh, great. Well, I guess I can start. Yeah. I can give you, I can give you a, a Sorry, a I was hit. taking a, I was taking a purposeful <laughs> pause there for you to just slip in one of your hits. I liked it. I, I caught the meaning um, and here we go. So I didn't get to do too many crosswords over the last couple of weeks. I did the New York Times basically the previous week. And so that's what I'll be talking about. But um, I want to talk about specifically the CIA for one Oh my god. We talk about the CIA every episode at this point. <laughs> okay. So if you are an avid listener, you know that in episode 58, Under the Dome, I talk about the CIA's cultural cold war, which is like basically the CIA was trying to dismantle uh communism globally through funding these kind of leftist literary magazines. Interesting topic, right? Um and I I think Grace and I both know generally that the CIA is pretty shady and has gotten to, up to pretty shady and, you know, horrible things that they've done in the world. But I didn't know much about it in a detailed sense, you know, just like generally like, oh, they've done horrible things in different governments and so on and so forth. Uh, and that's why my episode, you know, about the CIA cultural Cold War was kind of like a, a surface level exploration <laughs> of one thing that they did. Um, but just looping back to say that I just finished listening to the last podcast on the left's JFK series, which I highly recommend to anybody who's interested in history, uh, batshit crazy comedy, um, definitely would recommend their podcast. But they talk a lot about the conspiracy theories around the JFK assassination, one of which is that the CIA planned and executed the, ca- the assassination of the president. And whether or not you subscribe to that belief is like neither here nor there. But it's through listening to that podcast that I just learned more about the CIA and like their shady beginnings and their history and whatever. And it actually made me pick up a book called The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dulles, the CIA, and the Rise of America's Secret Government. Oh, my gosh. You're like going full tinfoil now. (laughs) I'm going in hard and deep on this CIA shit. Uh, So it's by David Talbot. If you're interested in learning more about Alan Dulles and like the crazy crap that we talked about relating to the CIA in episode 58 and in general, highly recommend it. Um, I'm having one of those moments where I'm just like, I've been asleep my entire (laughs) life and I'm finally waking up anyway. um, Maybe it's just me, but just wanted to do a quick little shout out. If you're interested in learning more uh, CIA, (laughs) CIA, if you're listening down, they are listening. Obviously, obviously. Uh, do you, you want to you do another hit or shit before? <laughs> I, could, I could do a light hit. Yeah. Um, the Washington Post, uh, today's Washington Post, actually October 11th, called Screen Names by Evan Bernholz. I really liked the theme of this one. Um, the revealer answer was 72 across, acting as expected, and an alternate title for this puzzle. And it was in character. Mm. And so all the, um, there's, there's a bunch of questions like this where it says, like, the actor... And then the movie they're in, and then within the actor's name is the character that they played. Interesting. Like, the letters are circled in order. So I, it must have been hard to, like, find, you know, yeah. we found a bunch of people. So, for example, Star Wars Episode um, 9, the Rise of Skywalker actress is Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. So there's the R-E-Y in Ridley. Nice. Um, also Star Wars related. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith actor 
Hayden Christensen. A-N-I. Nice. Diane. I loved um, Hayden then, Christensen back in the day. Just going to say it. I know. He, so much so that cute. I st- stood watching those three Star Wars films that everybody hates. Because Sand. I... I hate Sam. <laughs> <laughs> he, that was like what uh, like heartthrob man was back in, in that time period. He was like the perfect archetype yes. of, of what that was. Like Chad Michael Murray... That type. Oh my Anyways. god! Yeah. Okay. Throwback. Um, loving it. Four, Fourteen down. A little bit of heaven. Actress is Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. She played God in that movie. Right. Right. So yeah, there was a bunch of them, and I was like, I love it. You are so smart. How do you figure that out? Evan, you're so smart. We love it. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, the okay. Washington Post ones are always fun. Always. Yeah, I would highly recommend if anybody's out there trying to find like different types of crosswords to do. I always find that, like, the easiest one for me to access is the New York Times because I can just do it on my iPad whenever I want, you know? Yeah, well, get the USA Today app on your iPad. Oh, does it's it work nice on the iPad? Yes, that's very nice. That's okay. how I do it. I'm ones. learning something And Washington today. Post, too. You can do that. Get the Washington Post app, and then oh. you can go to Crosswords and get all their crosswords from there. You have to, like, watch an ad before, but... Dude, okay. I'm, th- I'm here. I'm queer. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> okay, so another hit for me... Uh, from the Monday, October 5th, New York Times by Evan Mankin. Uh, this is kind of like a little throwback. Uh, 53 across, like Galileo by birth. And the answer is Pisan, as in he's from Pisa. Um, and so this makes me think of episode 60, where um, it's called Towers of Lies, where I talk about the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And there is actually a little... Uh, factoid i was going to include in that episode but i ended up taking it out and it was around galileo so i thought i'd include it here just for anybody who gives a shit like i do uh so galileo if you don't know is an italian scientist and he was actually born in pisa so he's pisan right yay well he actually it said the story goes it is not i can't you know i personally don't have the the (laughs) diaries of galileo so i cannot confirm nor deny whether this was actually true but it said that galileo dropped two spheres of different masses from the top of the tower, like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, And it Mm -hmm. was all to demonstrate whether or not their descent was independent from how heavy they were. Um, And he discovered through this like little thought experiment that the objects fell with the same acceleration rate. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's not real. I mean, that's just convenience from the Leaning Tower. (laughs) Like... (laughs) So, I mean, like, I'm not, it was just like a little aside I wanted to include in the pre, like that episode. And I was like, you know what? No, I deleted it. Um, but here we are. So it was like fate. It was I meant knew to I be. To do it. Yep. What else you got? Um, I have a question for you Hit that me. maybe you can help me with. Maybe. No promises. Well, oh, Shiza, where did it go? Hold on. I, I'm looking for my shits. This is more like a question shit. One of my shits is that I have seen in a million crosswords recently eerie like lake eerie being clued and it's always like spooky lake unsettling lake right almost like every other day it feels like that that's happening is that just me I, are you I, seeing that too is that just the usa today maybe it might be usa today because i don't do it as frequently as you you do so okay i found the one i had a question about okay um and this is from the october 1st incubator puzzle theme list number 12 by mary lou guizzo okay. and it was the Question was nine across, closing sign, question mark, and the answer was Pisces. I just don't know why. I mean, I understand it's a zodiac sign, but closing sign, it's not at the end of the year, because Pisces is... No, the astrological calendar is, is different. Um, but it's in... I guess it is in February, but it's late February, I thought. 
Let me just one second, folks. Closing. Astro if anything, that's the beginning of that. Um, like lunar. I feel like I feel like Aries is what starts. Yeah, so Aries is the first sign, and mm-hmm. then the last sign is Pisces. Oh, okay. Well, now you know, folks. Now you know. I always knew that Aries was the first sign, but I, you know, I don't really care about Pisces. No offense to any Squeeze Pisces out me. there. I know that Pis- Pisces are like your soulmate, Grace. Yeah, I get Pisces it. is my opposite. I know, but you put an Aquarius and a Pisces in a room together. I'm sorry. It just it's doesn't work. We don't have the same vibe. We just don't. That's fair. So that's that's that. Uh, what else do I got here? What do I, what do I got here? Oh, um, um, go ahead. Well, okay. The USA Today crossword toned up by Rhea Dole and Paolo Pasco. They clued 10 down Friday singer Black, and it's Rebecca Black. Oh my God. She and is an idol. I loved, I know, I love that they clued this, but I just want to say she's done so much more than Friday. I mean, they probably clued that because that's what she's most well known for, mm-hmm. but she is so cool. Her oh fashion God. is amazing. You should follow. She's putting out new music that's really good. It's awesome. Um, it's truly awesome. Guys, some of you might not know who Rebecca Black is, but years ago when we were in college, she released this song called Friday on YouTube and it became it's like a viral. Friday, Friday, yeah. Friday, Friday. Gotta get, gotta down, get down on Friday. Friday. Anyways, it became a viral sensation. But then she got kind of like made fun of for it because it was pretty cheesy. She was like 15. So I think she was younger than that, like 13 or 14 or something like that. And she was, you know, young, very, you know, either end of middle school into high school, whatever that age is. I could not imagine being that age and having a like a music video I made with all my friends go viral like that. But anyway, it was just a present for her birthday. Like her parents paid for her to like make this music video and somehow got posted online. And then it became a huge viral meme sensation. And yeah, she was bullied on the Internet for a while. Yeah, I think only recently. She's kind of a like couple, yeah, a couple years herself. ago. She's been on YouTube for a while, but she's really kind of come into herself lately, I think. And she's releasing new music, and she, I just like her fashion is amazing. Oh my God, and she's I love her, amazing, and she's so yeah. beautiful. And she has a great TikTok account. Would highly recommend checking yes. her out on TikTok. So shout out to Rebecca Black. We love you. We love you. We stand you here. Um, I liked the Friday New York Times uh puzzle from October 9th. That was by Sam Buchbinder bookbinder sorry um one down this like as soon as i saw this it was like a puzzle after my own heart uh taking back sunday or dashboard confessional and the answer is emo bands because um yeah and like i grew up with taking back sunday tbs was one of my fave of all fave bands back in the day so i knew this puzzle was going to be fun um, and then this one here, this clue is just for Grace and I. So sorry, listeners, can you just like hold on a second? I just need to like do like an inside joke with Grace. Uh, four down, M O, so month uh, for Guy Fox Day, and the answer is N O V for November. So remember, remember, remember. remember. Uh, the fifth November, bitch. Anyway, um, like I said, <laughs> it's, it's coming just up. A, it's just to me and Grace. Uh, and then ten down, pickup line question mark, and the answer is hello um so i just think of hello hello (laughs) lots of vine references actually there was another vine reference i'm pretty sure that's what this is from the usa today crossword the great escape on september 30th by zaushin bernikel 31 across back at it again at crispy blank crispy cream is that a vine where they're like back at it again at crispy cream and then he does like a backflip and yes and it smacks the sign down truly iconic 
<laughs> That's the kind of stuff that tickles <laughs> our fancy. <laughs> if you could, if anybody had the ability to like scroll through our text strand together, it's basically just, you know, now it's TikToks, but it's just memes back and forth with each other. And I feel like if people were to watch these TikToks sober or just even like any normal person watching. I watch any... them sober all the time. What are you talking about? True. Well, yes. <laughs> um, I think some people probably would need to be a little less sober to think any of these things are funny. And even if they weren't sober, they might still not think they're funny, but they're just that's they just peak comedy it. for me. Most yeah. of the stuff that we send to each other. People so. are too mature for TikTok. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Lame. Uh, that's all I have, because I don't have too much to talk about this week. Okay, I have one last one that um, I just is something that I learned in this puzzle. Right. Um, the USA Today Final Scores by Patrick Jordan. Oh, sorry. Oh, by Patrick Jordan, edited by Eric and Paolo. October 1st, it was 29 across. Armstrong, who signed letters, red beans and ricely yours. <laughs> it was Louis Armstrong. But really? Just, yeah. At first, I was like, Neil Armstrong? It doesn't seem like him, based right. on what we know. But um, <laughs> red beans and ricely. Yours. I love that. It's so cute. Oh my god, I, I could that. go for some red beans and rice, man. There's this great bar when I was in New Orleans visiting my boyfriend's brother when he lived there. There's this like neighborhood bar where they had like on every day they had like a different free thing, and the best night was free red beans, free red beans and rice, and you could just like you buy a beer and you get like a bowl of red beans and rice, and I'm just like. Ooh, at a bar? That's nice. That's a good. Right, idea. instead of like a They're bowl smart. of popcorn or something or nachos. No, but the the popcorn makes you thirsty. That's their trick. I know. Hey. It's also gross. I after Corona, I'm never eating like bar I, popcorn, I, nuts, anything like that. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No. I need to watch that man pop it himself with his gloves and his face mask on. And then put it directly into my mouth. Right. Exactly. That's the only way I'll do it. That is the only way <laughs> with I will a popcorn do it. shoot. Um, I'll bring my own. So should we should we get into our topics? Flip the coin. Let's flip the coin. Let's do it. All right, I'm flipping the coin now. It is <gasps> heads. Oh my That's god. Me. That's me. Oh my god. It's me. All right. So my topic comes from the Friday, October 9th, New York Times by Sam Book Binder Beach Binder. <laughs> Sorry, I really enjoyed your puzzle. Let me know Sam how to B. pronounce your name. <laughs> um, so, 63 across, locale of the Ile de la Cité. And the answer is Seine, as in the Seine. Ooh. Do you Ooh. know what this is at all? Isn't that a river? The Seine is a river, which we're not talking about the Seine. We're going to be talking about okay. the Ile de la Cité. Cité. Do you know what that is? Some type of city. <laughs> Ooh, smarty pants. Um, have you ever been to Paris? You know me. I have. Uh, did you see the Notre Dame? The Notre Dame? The yes, Notre Dame. I did. Okay. Before it burned down. Before it burned to the ground. <laughs> um, well, do you remember, you know, approaching that cathedral? How it's sitting on a little island in the middle of a river? Yes, I do remember a bridge of some sort. There was a it's bridge. It's all blurry. There was a okay. bridge, if I remember correctly. So we're talking about the island where the Notre Dame sits which is Ooh. Ile de la Cité, or so it's like island of the city, essentially, mm -hmm. is what that means. So, I was in Paris when I was 18, when I was studying abroad, my roommate and I took, like, our fall break trip to Paris, and, like, at this time, I was, like, obsessed with French movies. I'd kind of gone through, like, that whole, like, you I only be. watch French movies phase, so, um, but by the time I got to Paris, we were essentially broke. Like, we had no money left, and we... We're only walking around the city looking at 
buildings and taking pictures of things that we thought were cool because we didn't even have money to get into like museums or anything like that. Right. And so we just happened upon this little island and I was shocked, honey. I was shocked. This is fine. <laughs> a little island in the middle of this river. Um, I was like, wow, this is so beautiful and so cool. And then you stumble upon the, like Notre Dame and I'm like, oh my God, there's not only is there this island here, but the Notre Dame is here too. This is so cool. I had no idea. So basically I had no idea anything geographically about the city of Paris. Yeah. Okay. For someone who claims to love Paris so much before you went. Okay. Like, I was 18. Really <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we stumbled upon this like breathtaking little island. So let's talk about it. Why don't we? So the Ile, <laughs> the Ile de la Cité is one of the two remaining natural river islands in the Seine within the heart of Paris. Uh, so the Seine is the river that cuts through Paris, much like the Arno cuts through Florence and the Thames cuts through London. Uh, it's not a large island by any means, uh, it, but it has like a very unique shape. So it actually, it's like a, a sort of ship shape. If you looked at like a cruise ship from above, that's kind of like what the island looks like. It comes to a nice, neat little point at the western end of the island. Uh, the entire landmass of the island is 56 acres. And to give you some context of like how big that is, uh, it's about 10 streets long uh, and five streets wide. So it's relatively tiny. Yeah. Uh, and this is a natural island? It is. Just appears there. Hmm. Yeah, right? Natural, okay? It's all natural, baby. Uh, let's see here. What do I got? There are a total of eight bridges that span, you know, from the island to the riverbanks on either side. Uh, there's also a ninth bridge that spans from the eastern end of the island to the second natural river island called Ile St. Louis, uh, which is essentially, like I said, it's the back eastern end of the island. Uh, it's the smaller of the two natural river islands. So Ile de la Cité is the bigger of the two natural and Ile St. Louis is the smaller. We're not going to talk about Ile St. Louis. Sorry, we're just not going to do it. Did not make the cut. So what's the deal with the island and why is it so important? So the island is crucial to Paris's founding story. Uh, and that takes us all the way back to 52 BC. And there have been people living on this island or in the general area of this island for like 5,000 years. Like they found like archaeological remains and things like that. So this is not the first time people were like living there, but this is like the first time people are starting to settle it, you know, mm -hmm. in legitimate records, right? So 52 BC, there's a small Gallic tribe that used the island as a fortified crossing point between either side of the river. Uh, and the Gallic tribe was called the Parisi. Interesting. Mm. Uh, and at this point in time, the island was very low and prone to flooding, which was actually kind of convenient for the tribe because it would, depending on how it would flood, the tribe could actually find an easier way to cross from one end of the river to the other end of the river in case they were being invaded, which is funny or not, because in 52 BC, the Romans invaded uh, and there was this battle that took place called the Battle of Lutetia uh, between the Parisi tribe and the Roman army. Uh, the Romans won, of course, because they're so much stronger, uh, and they took control of the island. The Romans settled on the west bank of the island and named their settlement Lutetia, more fully Lutetia Parisorium, which translates roughly to Lutetia of the Parisi. The whole conquest of like the Romans coming to take control of this island is part of like a really small part of Julius Caesar's uh, Gallic Wars. 
And mm-hmm. if you're a super history nerd like me, you can listen to the hardcore history series called The Celtic Holocaust, which talks about Julius Caesar's Gallic Wars. Anyway, so the Romans settle this island. Uh, they call it Lutetia. Uh, and the Roman Empire was around for a very long time, folks. So they settle this island originally in 52 BC. And by 355 AD, that's basically 400 years, the island of Lutetia was still controlled by the Romans. So crazy. Uh, what else we got? But all good things eventually must come to an end. And the Roman occupation did eventually come to an end. Uh, and But by this time, it was no longer called Lutetia. They were starting to call it Parisius in Latin. And it would later become known as Paris in French. <gasps> I know that place. Oh, my God. She's been there, Locke. She's been there. So let's fast forward a bit. I can give you all of the history of who you know, settled this island, who didn't settle the island, and whatever. But we're going to fast forward um, to the 10th century, okay? Uh, There is this guy named Hugh Capet. Uh, Hugh founded the Capetian dynasty, which basically became the ruling family in France, uninterrupted from the year 987 to 1792. So that's 805 years It's a long time. It's a long time. And you probably have heard of one of the most famous rulers from the Capetian dynasty. Uh, Everyone knows Louis XVI and his wife, Marie Antoinette. Mm -hmm. They're part of this dynastic family, which is kind of cool. Uh, Until, you know, he and his wife both got beheaded, sadly. (laughs) So, so yeah. uh, Sad. (laughs) uh, Oh, tear. Aw. Aw. Oh, she passed away. (laughs) Aw. That's too bad. (laughs) Uh, that's a tiktok reference for you yeah wake up people uh yeah so 10th century capetian dynasty is formed right the capet family consolidates their power uh control over france all this good you know political ruling stuff can't really get into it i would love to get into it because i this i find it incredibly interesting but we'd have to have a whole other podcast for that yeah and grace (laughs) is like nah not me so by the end of the 12th century thanks to the capet family paris was the political economic religious and cultural capital of france Uh, and they were able to do this all from the seat of government located on the ile de la cité so Mm -hmm. everything started on this little island which is and it's gonna end on that island okay the city will go down in flames, as we've already seen. Yes, from okay. the Notre Dame. Wake up, sheeple! End times when are was here. That? Was that the beginning of the end? Uh, 2019. Not great. <laughs> that was 2019. That was only yeah. last year. It was last God, year. It was like it was like 10 years ago that people were like, <laughs> "Dude, Paris forever." Would yeah, <laughs> whatever people were doing. Yeah, like changing their Facebook yeah. profile picture to be like the Paris flag or the France flag. It's like. Can we just, I know. And yeah, you've got all these celebrities like pouring money into this, you know, cause, which obviously like I want to help save like all these beautiful monuments, but it's like, this is the cause you're choosing? This one? Okay, fine. Whatever. We're not getting into that, but we could. Also, is Notre Dame, is it a Catholic church? Yes. Okay. They got the money, people. They have uh, more than enough is money. What I'm, that's what I was not going to say, but you know, you got all these celebs and people pouring money to help you know renovate this church and save it and it's like could you actually you know help people who are poor or yeah disease (laughs) or are refugees you know any any of these like other massive global issues happening right now uh whatever we don't need a cathedral it's fine whatever we'll get into it okay uh so 
that's all the history I'm really going to give you related to the founding. We're going to move into some historical monuments that are on this island that we have the Capetian dynasty to thank for. We're going to start with the, the Eiffel Tower. The <laughs> Eiffel Tower, which is not on the island. Uh, no, I like the Eiffel Tower. I, I didn't get to go into the Eiffel Tower or up it, rather, because I, I was too broke. I didn't go either. No, that's a... That's a waste. That's like going up the Sears Tower. Anyway. I know it is, but it's still one of those things. You're there. I'm like, I would spend the 30 euro if I had it at the time to do it, but I did not. So I would eat hot dogs on the, the park bench. And that was like the, where I could spend my money was to eat like a hot dog from this vendor who looked hey, at me Hey, I would funny. kill for a hot dog in Paris right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. Okay. Okay. Moving in. We're going to talk about the Palais de la Cité, which is Palais is the French word for palace. So palace of the city, basically. Uh, it's built on the western banks of the island. And it was originally where the Romans uh, had like a palace for their prefects and governors. So their prefects and governors lived on this site back in, you know, the early whatever, 52 BC to like 480. Uh, <clears throat> and this version of the palace was essentially just a fortress surrounded by ramparts. So it was like pretty, you know, relaxed and pretty simple. When the Capet family took over control of France and the island, they reinforced the old walls and added fortified gates. Uh, the walls at this time were 426 feet long and 328 feet wide. That is crazy. They really fortified it. They were really yeah. nervous about invasion. That's for one wall? For the walls around the whole palace. Yeah, that's a lot. That's crazy. Thick, baby. Yeah, thick boy. There are many other renovations and additions, but the most important thing to know about the palace uh, was that it was the royal residence for the kings of France from the 6th century to the 14th centuries when the royals moved over to the Louvre. So basically all of the Capet family essentially lived here on this island for that many years, like a long time. Uh, and then from the 14th century on, the palace became, you know, where the treasury was housed, where the judicial system took place and where parliament was. Uh, and during the French Revolution... And the, the reign of terror, which is going to be a little theme in this episode, uh, the new revolutionary government established what they called the National Convention, which reigned from the palace. We're going to talk a little bit more about this convention later. So then let's move into the Sainte-Chapelle, which is a royal chapel, and it was built inside of the palace. The chapel was commissioned by King Louis IX to house his collection of passion relics, which were relics from the last moments of Jesus Christ's life in christendom if you yeah. are not familiar. you definitely would need a chapel to put that stuff it's really really and he spent a lot of money to get these things okay uh, yeah the most famous relic that he brought back to this chapel was the crown of thorns which is the literal crown of thorns placed on jesus's head before he was crucified apparently uh, and it is considered one of the most important relics for medieval christendom truly yeah he also had uh one of the the nails that went into Jesus. I don't know if it was his hand or foot nail, mm -hmm. but apparently he had one of those and many others. There was like 30 relics total. Uh, and this relic, the crown of thorns, was later moved from the chapel to the Notre Dame Cathedral until the 2019 fire. Uh, it was rescued. It was survived. So that's really good. But yeah, a lot of stuff did not. Anyway, so the chapel. I think they would put all that stuff in like a fireproof container. I think they learned after that. I think they learned. Because that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, hello. That thing should be in like a, you know, yeah. Right. Like and a, this is not the first time that the cathedral, the chapel, or anything on even just this little island was basically destroyed 
That's mm-hmm. why the revolution is a huge theme in this, you know, my segment is because the revolution came through, you know, in the seven, the late 1700s and destroyed all of these monuments and relics and things like that, too. So you would think they would have learned then, but they did not. So it's yeah. fine. So back to the chapel. The chapel has one of the most extensive 13th century stained glass collections anywhere in the world within 15 windows in the nave and apse of the chapel. Nave and apse, those are two words that you find in crosswords a lot. So uh, so I want to take a pause here and I'm going to send Grace a picture of the chapel and its windows, which we'll share for you. You guys can, or you can just Google it if you want. But I really want Grace to see how truly breathtaking this is. Just go to G-O-O-G-L-E dot com and then you can type in whatever you want to see and it pops up. It's like really it's a really interesting science experiment. (laughs) I use that site all the time. Yeah, Um, it's great. great. Oh, my gosh, that is beautiful. Isn't that insane? And then you don't see it here, but up at the top where you like all of the beams kind of converge Mm -hmm. that is painted this like gorgeous royal blue and it has gold stars like all painted in there, too. So it's just so gorgeous. To describe it, it's just a series of windows, and they're all super, super tall. And it's just basically like a wall of stained glass windows, essentially. Right. It was designed in the Gothic style. So if anybody's familiar with that, if not, you can also go to G-O-O-G-L-E.com and Google Gothic architecture. Um, but it, they really wanted to have like an airless quality to the chapel. So that's why they built it so tall with such tall, skinny windows. So it has this like appearance of just being endlessly upward. And then, yeah. The stained glass is just truly gorgeous. And to think that it survived from the 13th century is cuckoo bananas to me. Yeah. Someone didn't like throw a rock through there. Yeah. Well, we're moving into the French Revolution here. So during the French Revolution, most of this chapel was destroyed and the relics were dispersed across the country. Uh, Some survived and were then held in the Notre Dame, like the crown of thorns. Um, Mm -hmm. But much of what you see today at the chapel, if you were deciding to visit it, uh, is a complete recreation of what it used to be. I feel like that's what it is everywhere. Right. Because they have to like, restore stuff. So I think like 90% of all historical buildings are just like restored. Right. And also, especially if you think about Europe, like all of this is happening. Like the French Revolution happened in like the late 1700s. But this chapel was around, has been around since like the 1300s, even earlier than that. Some version of mm-hmm. this chapel existed. And that is like, a length of time that american citizens cannot even fathom yeah this chapel is older than i mean our country our country so is it yes yes it is 100 percent older than our country um but thankfully two-thirds of the windows and the stained glass survived and are actually real in the chapel today so that's kind of cool wow yep so then we're gonna move into the conciergerie this is my favorite one uh it was just another part of like the royal palace, but in 1391, it was converted into a prison. Hmm. So prisoners of all different types, like it could just be your common prisoner, could be a political prisoner, could be royals. Anybody could be held here. Wealthier prisoners usually got their own cells. They had like a bed, a desk. Uh, you could get material for reading and writing. Middle class or like less well-off prisoners could usually only afford a cell called a pistolet which only had like a rough bed and maybe it had a table. Uh, But if you were poor, you were S-O-L. You were kept in cells called obelettes, which translates to forgotten places. Uh, They were dark, damp, and infested with rats and other vermin. And these prisoners were essentially left there to live or die. Good luck. 
Yeah. And so this was like connected to like the royal palace and connected to this chapel. And he just got prisoners like rotting away in there. Um, And so, like I mentioned when I was talking about the palace, during the French Revolution, a new revolutionary government was established uh, and it reigned from within the palace and it was called the National Convention. And the National Convention enacted a law in 1793 and the law was called Law of Suspects. Essentially, if you were considered a counter-revolutionary or an enemy of the new republic, you were considered guilty of treason and condemned to death. There were two fates. You were either acquitted or sent to death, and there was no possibility of parole or appeal. So, yeah, I mean, once you're dead. (laughs) Yeah, well, within a two-year period of enacting the law, nearly 2,600 prisoners were sent to the guillotine from the the conciergerie. So that is crazy. And the most famous prisoner was Marie Antoinette. So was she, she there? Was she held at that prison? She was held there. It's crazy. So she was held, kept prisoner at the conciergerie. She had her own little room, which you can actually see. I'm going to send you a picture shortly. Um, she was held there during the Reign of Terror, which is this time period where you were arrested, tried, and sent to the guillotine like that. Mm-hmm. The quality of life in the prison was so bad and it was so overpopulated that people would actually pay their jailers to be executed sooner. Yeah, because it was better to be executed than to like live and like die of the plague, essentially, which sucks. Anyway, so she was held in the conciergerie. Um, Her husband and son were kept in the prison as well. And her son was like 11 years old. He was like young. And the guards in the prison, it it was child abuse and torture. What they did to this boy, they would like force him to drink sexually assaulted, you know, just horrible mm-hmm. things he did to this boy. Um, and they, the guards would parade him around outside of Marie Antoinette's rooms so she could, like, look through her door and see, like, the horrible treatment he was receiving uh, within the prison, like, before she was beheaded. But yeah, so that happened. And I'm going to send you a picture of Marie Antoinette's cell at the concier- conciergerie. She was actually one of, like, the political prisoners, so she could afford a nicer cell. But it's still Let's a cell. See. Let's see. This would be like um, probably the cell that what's her face, Martha Stewart stayed in, like the equivalent, <laughs> right? You know, oh, yes. that, that doesn't look bad. It's, well, considering she used to live in Versailles, that's pretty bad for her. But at least she's not in one of those horrible, you know, obelettes where you know the forgotten yeah. places. And you can see in that picture, there's like a little shrouded figure that's supposed to be her at her desk, and then there's a guard that stands there and watches her. God, that's creepy, right? Nice arch ceilings, though. Of course, the yeah. French would even make their prisons look like. <laughs> right. Well, this used to be part of the royal Ornate. palace. So they just converted it to a prison, which yeah. is interesting. Um, so that's the conciergerie. Ugh. Uh, and that moves us to the Pont Neuf, which is the new bridge, which might have been the bridge that you remember when you crossed it to get to the... Could be. Could be. Notre Dame. So Pont Neuf stands for New Bridge, and it's actually the oldest standing bridge across the river in all of Paris. Uh, and it's located at the western point of the island, and it's composed of two separate spans. So uh, the span leaving the island for the left bank has five arches, and the span leaving the island for the right bank has seven arches. Uh, and the name was the name Pont Neuf was given to the bridge to distinguish it from the older bridges that were in Paris at the time, but Pont Neuf has since outlived all of these bridges, um, and it's kind of a misnomer now because even though it's called the New Bridge, it is the oldest bridge in Paris. It was built in 
the construction started in 1578 and ended in 1607. Uh, if you ever get a chance to walk along the bridge, make sure to look at the decorations on either side. It's really pretty. There's these stone masks called uh, mascarones. There's 381 in total, uh, and they're totally different from each other. And they represent different forest and field divinities from ancient mythology. These are not originals. They're copies of the originals. And you can actually go to like a local Paris museum to see the originals if you're interested in that, which I think is kind of cool. And I'm going to end by talking about the Notre Dame. So the Notre Dame Cathedral stands on the eastern side of the island. So most of the stuff we've already talked about stands on the western side. The Notre Dame stands on the eastern side of the island, and it is believed during Roman times and Roman occupation, there was actually a temple dedicated to Jupiter that stood on the exact site where Notre Dame sits now. Uh, and Jupiter is the god of thunder and sky, so it's like Odin or Zeus in other mm-hmm. mythologies. Uh, he's the king of gods in Roman mythology. The temple um, was replaced by an early Christian basilica, uh, and then it was later renamed the, Catholic, the Cathedral of St. Etienne. But then in 1160, the Bishop of Paris was like, you know what? We need a newer, bigger cathedral. So he they got need to rid catch of, your name, too. You need to catch your name. So they got rid of the Cathedral St. Etienne, uh, and they began construction on Notre Dame in 1163. It was completed in 1354, which is basically 200 years later, similar to how long it took the Leaning Tower of Pisa to be built, because, you know, you got to pause, you got to go on a couple crusades, you got to come back, got to start a couple you got wars. your cigarette breaks, you yeah, got you naps. Yeah, relax. We don't want to rush these things, okay? <laughs> um... So then uh, let's talk about what happened to the cathedral during the French Revolution. So during the French Revolution, one of the big things is the fact that, like, clergy was not paying taxes and, like, all this shit to oversimplify it. So during the French Revolution, the new government seized all of the clergy's property and basically made it public property. Um, And so the cathedral was no longer considered a Catholic church or a Catholic site. It was instead dedicated to the cult of reason. Uh, which is France's first established state-sponsored atheistic religion, which was going to be the replacement for Catholicism in France. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was then later dedicated to the cult of the supreme being, which is, again, another state-sponsored atheistic religion uh, that took over for the cult of reason. So it was not a Catholic site any longer, my friends. Uh, Many of the treasures in the cathedral were either destroyed or plundered, There were 28 statues of biblical kings on the west facade of the cathedral. They were mistaken for French kings, and so they were beheaded. Um, These heads were actually found in 1977 and stored in a museum in Paris. You can go see them if you're interested in that. Um, Several Virgin Mary statues were inside the cathedral were replaced with the goddess of liberty statues. So they were, like, getting rid of all this Catholic iconography. Um, And the cathedral... Right. The cathedral was also used as a warehouse for storage of food and other non-religious purposes. Uh, So, yeah. And like, I could keep going. I could keep talking about this all day, but I had to pause. I had to I had to end somewhere. And so I'm going to end on that. But it eventually became Catholic again, right? Yes. So, I mean, very basic French Revolution history is the French Revolution happened. Marie Antoinette gets beheaded. And then you have Mm -hmm. like the Paris Commune and you know, the Paris Republic. Eventually the Bourbons took over again, reinstated a king. It was like Louis the 18th or something. And maybe there was like one or two kings. I don't exactly remember. Um, and then there was a second revolution and they deposed the 
you know, the monarchy again. But by then, Catholicism was like, you're allowed to like be religious in the country now. So. And they were like, and we want our freaking chapel back. We want our church back. <laughs> meh, meh, meh. Um, I just think it's super interesting that they dedicated it to like this atheistic religion. I think it's interesting yeah, that they destroyed I'm... so many of the like monuments and statues, like all destroyed, essentially gone. Yeah. I guess they were angry. I mean, and that's what happens in revolution when you, you know, oppress people for so long yeah. and don't that's care true. about them and they starve in the street. It's true. Well, and then the chapel burned it went on and burned itself down last year as an omen to what was to come folks (laughs) that was the beginning of it all the beginning so that's what i have for you for the ile de la cité so if you go anytime soon (laughs) you know wear a mask five years but if you go in the next five years let us know what you think good to know i don't even need to travel anymore because i just felt like i was there right i love it my topic is from the USA Today crossword, The Great Escape by Zhaoxin Bernikel, September 30th, and it is 58 down, first animal in the Chinese zodiac. Is it a rat? It is a rat. I was born here the rat, I think. Maybe. You weren't. No. You weren't. Oh. Okay. Um, not even close. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm going to talk about the Chinese zodiac. Yes. Yay. Oh my God. I'm so excited. We have yet to do the, the, the more Western zodiac. Yeah. So, if you haven't picked up by now, Chelsea and I are very into Western zodiac signs. Um, I'm a Virgo. Not an Aquarius. Yeah. If you couldn't tell, (laughs) link up with us on the pattern. See how much we would get along. Yes. Um, But the Chinese zodiac, in doing my research, there's, like, a lot of similarities between the two. Okay. And, again, I just want to preface this by saying the Chinese zodiac is, like, an ancient... um, thing uh, but it's very complicated so this is again just like skimming All skimming right. the surface just to, you know wetting yeah. wetting the palate a little bit so you know western zodiacs is by month but not exactly by month but it's like there's 12 in a year right but the mm-hmm. chinese zodiac there's an animal for each year and it goes in a cycle of 12 so there's 12 different animals that you could be okay um and it is not based on constellations the same okay. way that ours is instead the 12-year cycle is based on the almost 12-year orbital period of jupiter speaking of because you were just talking about jupiter it's all connected i I love this yes so each zodiac sign has you know characteristics for example like the rat the dog they all have their own characteristics and they also have either a yin and yang associated with it so that's the um, feminine and masculine energies and they also have nature nature elements like water earth wood fire and metal so nice, similarly, okay. like Western zodiacs, if you don't know, there's like earth signs, air signs, water signs, fire signs. I'm an yeah. earth sign. Uh, I am an air sign. Yeah. So a lot of people also- think Aquarius is water because she's the water bearer, but she yeah. is not a water sign, folks. Okay, we're she's not air. that. We're not that wishy washy. You know, <laughs> they're not that fluid. We're just um, literally but- not corporal. We're not real. We're just like an air, like a cloud. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> Um, if you remember, I talked about yin and yang and water, earth, wood, fire, and metal in our feng shui episode. Yes. Um, it's all connected. Obviously, okay. feng shui also is comes from China, so that makes sense. Um, but the 12 animals are the rat, followed by the ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. Okay. So do you remember which one you are now? I believe, is it you're the rat right now? I believe it is. Um, no, it's you're the... I thought it was Year of the Pig. It is Year of the Rat. Oh, you're right. 2020. I th- ma- was I a monkey? Yes. 
No, okay. you aren't. Sorry. Oh, shit. Grace. I thought you were a monkey. Okay. So it's basically taken by birth year. So I was born in 1991. So I thought, I mean, I'm a goat, right? And mm-hmm. Chelsea was born Greatest in 1992. Yeah. So I was like, okay, she's a monkey. But the Chinese zodiac calendar is the lunar calendar. It's not the, like, you know, January to December. So the calendar usually starts sometime in February, like the second week in February, depending on the lunar cycle. It starts like on a full moon. That's when Chinese New Year's is. It changes every year. So the goat year goes from February 15, 1991 to February 3rd, 1992. And Chelsea's birthday is February 2nd. So we're both goats. (gasps) Oh my God, you have no idea how happy this makes me. (laughs) You just made the cutoff too. She's born on the second. I was a cusper. Okay. Just, but we'll see. Some people think the goat is unlucky, so maybe you wish you were born a couple days later. Yeah, we'll get into well, it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so like I said, the similar to the Western zodiac, the um, Chinese zodiac also has like certain personality traits associated with each animal. But it might seem like kind of a stretch to be like, okay, everyone born in my year has the same personality. Like when you mm-hmm. are at school, that's not really what it seems like. Right. But that's because it, there's more to it. So similar to the Western zodiac, there's also. Um, signs assigned by month day and hour that you were born so if you're into western zodiac you might know like your rising sign your moon sign all that stuff um in the chinese zodiac there is a month animal called your inner animal um the your day sign is called your true animal and then your hour sign is your secret animal (gasps) so it kind of mirrors the same way like in the western there's signs that are like this is how you present to society and then this sign is how you are on the inside so Mm -hmm. i'll get more into those later because i'm going to talk about which ones hours are that's why i asked you for your birth (laughs) that's why i asked you for your birth hour earlier (laughs) um but just makes me laugh that that's like such millennial culture to like text your friend to ask them what time they were born and then they just tell you and ask no follow-up questions <laughs> and they like know me it's like matt i was saw- born at 11 30. <laughs> matt saw my text to you and he immediately started laughing because he knew exactly it was something related to yeah. star signs and shit so yeah okay so there are a couple different origin stories and fables that explain uh the chinese zodiac and one of the most well-known one is called the great race so story has it that the Jade Emperor decided to hold an animal race and said that the years on the calendar would be named for each animal in the order that reached him. So whoever like finished the race first and then it would okay. go from there. <clears throat> but in order to get to the finish line, the animals had to cross a river. So the cat and rat were very bad at swimming. So they got on the back of the ox and okay. oxes are very oxen are very kind hearted and naive. So they agreed or, it agreed to carry the cat and rat across the river. However, just before the ox reached the other side of the river, the rat pushed the cat into the water and jumped off the ox and ran across the finish line, making it the first animal in the Zodiac. So the ox came in second place. It was right behind okay. him. The third one to, uh, to arrive was the tiger. And even though the tiger is strong and powerful, it explained to the Jade Emperor that the currents were pushing him downstream. That's what made him late. Okay. Next came the rabbit. The rabbit explained how it crossed the river by jumping from one stone to another in, you know, the nimble way that rabbits do. Mm-hmm. However, it fell into the water and it was lucky enough to hold on to a floating log that eventually washed ashore. Oh, thank In God. fifth place was the flying dragon. And the emperor was like, um, hello, you're a flying dragon. You should have been the first one here. Hello. You're the most powerful. You can fly, all this stuff. Why didn't you come in first? And the dragon explained that it had to stop by a village and bring rain to the people there. Um, that all, so that held him back. And then on its way to the finish line, it saw the rabbit clinging on to the floating log. So he gave him a puff of breath 
so that the log got pushed ashore and the oh, rabbit could finish the race. That's very cute. The Jade Emperor was, you know, very astonished by the dragon's good nature, and it was named the fifth animal. Oh, amazing. Next, the horse appeared. And hidden on the horse's hoof was the snake, mm. whose sudden appearance gave it a fright, thus making the horse fall back. And so the snake took the sixth spot, and the horse took the seventh. Okay. After a while, the goat, monkey, and rooster came to the finish line. <laughs> With combined efforts, they managed to arrive on the other side of the river. The rooster found a raft. The monkey and the goat tugged and pulled, trying to get all the weeds out of the way. And the Jade Emperor was pleased with their teamwork and decided to name the goat as the eighth animal, followed by the monkey, and then the rooster. So that means us Very and nice. then the people born in the two years after us were all like, you know, help each other out. Which... You have no what? idea how much I love this. You have yeah. no idea. Except, well, so if you guys don't know, Chelsea and I are like obsessed with Gen Z. And they probably hate <laughs> us because we're like so nerdy about it. But yeah. um, that's not two years. I mean, two years after us is still millennials. But still. Sorry. You are not allowed up here. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, your cat just made an appearance. I'm sorry, but I would have my cat on my lap the entire podcast, but he purrs extremely loudly, and it goes right into the mic. And, then and I have to anything. find some yeah. way to edit it out. So, <laughs> um, Okay, so the 11th animal placed in the Zodiac Circle was the dog. So the dog should have been one of the better swimmers and runners, um, but it spent its time playing in the water, and then it needed to wash up after. So that's why the dog was late. Very cute. So then right when the emperor was going to end the race, he heard an oink. It was the pig. <gasps> the pig felt hungry in the middle of the race, so it stopped, ate something, and then fell asleep. I'm surprised when I actually <laughs> the pig. Anyways. <laughs> um, after it w- woke up, it finished the race in 12th place and became the last animal to arrive. The cat, from the beginning, if you remember, the rat and cat hopped a ride on the ox. The cat eventually drowned and did not make it into the Zodiac. So <gasps> it said that that is the reason why cats always hunt rats, and that's why they hate water. Mm, I love that. That's be. really cute. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to clarify that um, from what I read online, it seems like rat and mouse, there's not really like a di- differentiation in Chinese. Um, so they like, er, and they also like don't see rats as like these terrible vermins. Sure. They are, okay. they are like super intelligent animals. So right. the rat is like a very, is a coveted sign. You know, it's number one. Right. Um, another explanation was that Buddha summoned all the animals to come to him before he left Earth, and uh, only 12 came to say goodbye, and they came in that order. Okay. And so he gave them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the animals and their, the personality traits that come with them. So I, don't, I feel like most people know their Zodiac animal cause, or in the United States, because if you've ever gone to a Chinese restaurant, they, um, you know, a lot of times it's like on the menu. Right. I've seen yes. that a lot. I think, and I think like... And it might be oversimplified party yeah because i i definitely thought that i was monkey because 1992 but now that we know it's more of like a lunar cycle rather than yeah, yeah. well at fr- when i was first doing research i was like okay she's monkey so i'll have to look into that but then at, when i was looking closer i was like wait a minute it starts in february so a lot of things will tell you just do it by your birth year but it's okay. not you know especially if you're born in february you got to double check okay so here are the personality traits first we have the rat um the rat symbolizes good luck and wealth and they're good at overcoming adversary, charming and persuasive. And, oh yeah, we are in the year of the rat now. So I was wrong. I, I still think we're in 2019. It feels like 2020 never happened. Um, the ox is sturdy and meticulous, a born leader and a practical thinker. The tiger has a magnetic personality who likes control, but they can have a fiery temper. Okay. The rabbit is warm and sensitive and very social. Oh, cute. 
The dragon is one of the most powerful signs. They are charismatic, extremely popular, and very lucky that you want to be a dragon. Great. Snake is the most seductive animal, oozing sensual power and mystery. So, okay. obviously snakes. <laughs> they are extravagant and love material possessions. Can't, can't blame for that. Yeah. The horse uh, is naturally elegant and graceful, but can also be untamed, very independent, and loves to travel. I like that, too. Okay, the goat. This is us. This is a little <gasps> bit longer. The goat is independent and introspective, creative, and loves tranquility and beautiful places. They often get lost in their own imagination. They detest emotional scenes and public shows of affection, and they keep their personal life and feelings close to their chest. But their imagine, imaginative streak extends to the bedroom, and they're certainly not as sheepish as they initially appear. <laughs> Look, this is just what I got online, okay? And I'm not going <laughs> to argue that. By the way, a lot of times goat, sheep, and ram are interchangeable. Sure. I love that. That is, yeah. that is very much you and me, for sure. Yeah. I don't now, know about the last part, but I'm just yeah, saying. I feel that. Okay. Monkey. Monkeys are a cheeky creature and a joker of the pack. They are extremely social and they have a lot of different groups of friends. The rooster is the most stylish animal in the zodiac. They delight in material goods and aesthetic perfection. Okay. They're composed and calm. I feel like these are our friends, monkey and roosters. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we only want to be friends with monkeys and yeah. roosters, so... Um, dogs are very loyal with strong values and a strong moral compass, and they hate when people are fake or superficial. Okay, me too. The pig is the most honorable animal of the Zodiac. They are gentle, generous, and indulgent. Pigs have impeccable manners and great taste. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love so that. how does the Chinese Zodiac affect modern times? You know, Tell it's me. been around for literally ages and ages and ages. Five ever. Okay. Yeah. I watched a TED Talk by a woman named Shaolin Hsu called The Chinese Zodiac Explained. Um, and she gave a couple explanations of how, you know, it affects the world today. She is Chinese. Um, she says, first of all, it's a very subtle way to find out someone's age in small talk. You know, you can ask <laughs> them their sign. And, you know, depending on what year it is, you know that they're either like, you know, you can only a be a certain age. age, 12 increments apart. So. Right. Okay. I like that. It'd be, it'd be bad if someone accidentally rounded up, though. Right. <laughs> Whoops. Um, it also affects the birth rates in China. Okay. So it's believed that certain signs are treated better than others. And it's also believed that certain signs work better together than others. So it can affect the spacing of siblings because parents want their kids to all like work harmoniously and get along and be like successful. So they mm -hmm. will, you know, space it. They'll, they'll do like certain years together because they know they all get along. So like I said, the dragon is one of the most coveted signs. Um, and that affects birth rate a lot. So in 2012, the year of the dragon, the birth rate in China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan increased by 5%, a.k.a. Wow. 1 million more babies. What? Oh, yeah. my God. It's wow. Um, in January of 2015, China saw an increase of C-sections. Why? It's because a lot of parents wanted to have their kids be born in 2015 so that they got were born in the year of the horse and not the unlucky year of the goat. <gasps> Why is the goat so unlucky? Rude. So, yeah, I mean, and you were just on the cusp. So maybe if you were born like a couple days later, your life would be different. I don't know. <laughs> um, tiger is also an undesirable sign because they can have bad tempers. Uh, so the year of the tiger had low birth rates as well as the year of the goat. Wow. So, yeah, statistically, you can see. However, the, this TED Talk speaker, she did an analysis of Forbes' top 300 uh, richest people. And the two signs at the top of the chart were 
the tiger and the goat. So she tells points you a lot, out people tells yeah. you a lot. She points out that it might actually be better to have kids during unlucky years because they will have less competition for jobs than say, you know, the millions of dragon babies that were all born. They're all going to be graduating school at the same time and all competing with each other. Right. So, oh my God. Think yeah. harder, not smarter. Okay. And goats okay. are totally fine. We turned out totally fine and we were totally we're easy to raise. And, I guess yeah. <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Chinese zodiac also influences the stock market. Oh, and yeah. Since China I actually did know this. Yes, it does. So if you are into investing, it's worth looking into and learning about because, I mean, China makes up such a huge portion of, like, the global economy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're, like, a Western trader, you should know what's going on. Google it. And then I also read a couple things that say, like, more, mo- like, millennials don't care as much about the zodiac sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for, like a young person living in china let us know is this something that people talk about because i feel like now in in the u.s people love zodiacs like millennials are super into zodiac signs right it's definitely um the rise of popularity of the zodiac sign in western culture over the last couple of years it's the same with like the rise of like witchiness is like coming mm-hmm. back into fashion and all that stuff so it's interesting to think that it might be going out of fashion in yeah. other places Okay, so what about us, right? Let's Obviously, do it. Obviously, we are both goats, but what about our inner animal, secret animal, etc.? This is all from an article called on wikihow.com. I don't know. It was like the easiest way to find <laughs> all this information. Yeah. So your inner animal is based on your birth month, and it's said to determine your later years in life and or information about the relationship you have with your parents. Mm, oh, great. So, Here we go. <laughs> so mine is monkey, and yours is tiger. So <laughs> great. Yeah. So monkeys, they are lively, flexible, quick-witted, and are talented problem solvers, and they're very giving to boot. Weaknesses, they can be rather jealous, conniving, and selfish. So yeah. I take, I wonder, take yeah. what you will from that. I feel like the f- lively, flexible, quick-witted. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Okay, so then Tiger, these individuals are tolerant, valiant, considerate intelligent and respected they like challenges and are quite good at expressing themselves however they are also short-tempered and not easily interested in much it's i really have like three interests (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's like later on in your life when you're like right a senior okay the day pillar this is determined by what day of the week you were born so like you know monday through sunday um and this is your adult life or your married day-to-day life whatever that means so mine is the dragon and yours is the monkey okay so the dragon is bright self-assured and romantic they are lively intellectual energetic excitable they make good leaders always aiming for perfection however they can be arrogant impatient and sometimes overconfident all right okay i wouldn't say you're overconfident yeah um i think you're very confident but i don't think you're like egotistical about it yeah. Well, we'll anyway, I'm just having conversations yeah. with Grace now about <laughs> astrology, so we could take this elsewhere. So your day pillar is the monkey. Okay. So like I said before, monkeys are lively, flexible, quick-witted, talented problem solvers, and they're really giving. Okay. So that's nice. Although you can nice. also be jealous, conniving, and selfish. So. Well, true. <laughs> okay. And then your secret animal. This is your innermost pillar, and this is based on the time that you were born, and this is supposed to be like your truest self. Okay. So mine is the rat. 
Ooh. Classic. Classic These rat. people are bright, sociable, ambitious, generally making them wealthy and successful. However, they're also timid, lack concentration and stability, so they don't fit most leadership positions. Uh, you are so mu- You are a leader to me. I don't know if I would see you in a leadership position, but I think of you as a leader. Maybe. I do think, well, I could be timid. I don't think I lack stability necessarily. Well, no. depend, compared to who. Okay. And right. then your innermost personal pillar is the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you got a double monkey, baby. Double monkey. Okay. I'm a double Aquarius, double monkey. You cannot. And I'm a monkey cusper. You cannot get the monkey away from this girl. Okay. You cannot. You can get the girl out of the monkey, but you cannot get the monkey out of the girl. But, okay, so monkey is one of, is my month. So maybe that's why we get along, because we share yeah. the monkey. And we share and a we share the goat. Yeah. God, monkeys and goats, baby. I'm loving it. That's all we are. I love um, this okay. for us. Yeah. And then um, my final thing, fun fact, actually, really, really sad fact. <laughs> Have you seen that TikTok? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is not really that sad, but... Um, contrary to popular belief in the Western world, you're actually supposed to have bad luck on your year. So year of the goat, like we would have bad luck. Some people think it's like their lucky year, but it's not. So you have to be very vigilant when your year comes around. People said like, you know, if, um, let's say year of the goat is your year and then that year comes around, if there's another animal that that's supposed to be their lucky year, then you could like the ram or I guess it wouldn't be the ram, like the monkey, for instance, you could wear like a monkey pendant or something. I don't know. Okay. So or, when is the next goat is... year? I don't know. I'm looking it up right well, now. It's a while because right now we're in year of the rat, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. In seven years, 2027. Yep. Shit. Okay. If... We'll check back in with you guys then. Yeah. We'll let you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for Chinese uh, Zodiac. I'm loving that. I love this. It was, I really liked, so, so Zodiac comes from like a Greek word that means animal, like something that has to do with animals, like a circle of animals. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that the Western Zodiac is not all, a lot of them are associated with animals, but not all of them. Right. Virgo isn't. Virgo's a person. And Aquarius, Aquarius is, is what? Like a, a wave? Wa- <laughs> Aquarius is the water bearer. It's a woman with a, a bucket of water dumping the water out. Like literally, that's what she does. The Virgo is a woman carrying bales of wheat. See, this is why Whatever we're supposed to be. This is why we're friends because I don't you like the water, water signs. So wheat. I'm dumping the water out onto your wheat crops, mm-hmm. and that's why water is so important to you because you need water to be cropped with wheat. True. Could be. I will say, um, if you guys are interested in, we need to see if there's like a Chinese zodiac app because they yeah. make apps. Um, for the zodiac sign where you can put in like your birth date and where you're born and all this stuff so it gives you all all your signs and then it matches you up with your friends who are on the app and it tells you like how compatible you are right and chelsea and i did it and we ended up being like you know said we would get along really well ultra compatible yeah yeah and it's true so here we are i mean at least appearances lead people to believe we get along really well you don't know what happens like behind the camera yeah, basically, like, every night she sends me this really long text about how terrible I am. But yeah, so other I than mean, that, yeah, other than that, we're doing fine. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you're interested in adding us on the pattern, DM us first and we'll decide if we want to add you. Um, and then maybe we will add you. But the best app is the pattern. And it's one of those things where I used to read it religiously. And I got to a point where I literally couldn't read it anymore because it was so accurate to the point where I was like, my therapist told me it was probably not a good idea to be reading it every day. So, 
<laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Some pe- if you can't handle it, you don't treat it every day. But it is still interesting to go look at it and like see how you compare to other people in your life. Right. And the pattern is cool because it does like cycles of information as well. So be like, you're in such and such cycle for the next 239 days. And then a new cycle will start. And it's, you just got to download it. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's it for now. That's it, folks. Great episode. Um, we're back and we've got fun things coming down the pipe. Maybe. Maybe. No promises. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening. If you want to talk to us more, you can find us on Twitter at the Good Eve Girls. Or Instagram at the Good Evening Girls. Or TikTok at the Good Eve Girls. Yes. Come say hi. Come support us. We love hearing from you. And um, leave us ooh, a review. Grace, tell us your fun information, your fun news. Oh, right. So this episode's coming out on monday is it or no tuesday i don't know it's coming out this week anyways the friday of this week that this episode comes out um the moth i will have one of my stories played on the moth podcast if you remember it happened like a couple months ago too so it's another one and this story is about how chelsea and i not how we met but how we first like hung out for the first time outside of work because you guys don't know we met at work and then this is like the first time we hung out outside of work and there may be nudity involved (laughs) and so you should go listen to it or you know subscribe to the moth podcast if you aren't already so that you're there waiting for when the episode comes out we'll also tweet about it i'm sure so follow us on twitter if you want to learn about that yep i'm so excited Um, to hear it because i live through the memory with grace but i have not heard her retelling of the story and i'm very excited to hear it and i don't Um, even this was so long ago that i told the story i don't even remember like what i said so yeah i will not be listening to it because i just can't do that to myself (laughs) (laughs) i'll listen to it for both of us thank you um yeah and then just reenact it for me i will reenact it we'll go to well i'm not going to say where we're going to go because i want people to listen um but yeah check it out uh Thanks for joining us. We're the Good Evening Girls, and I'm Chelsea. I'm Grace. We're signing we'll off, folks. See you next time. Bye. Bye now.